Name a career in which you may not have to worry about performance and still get paid, uh, besides the weatherman. Well, of course you expect your broker to perform well, but what if they put your money in the market and the market doesn't perform? 50% chance of rain or sunny skies. Is it time you learned how to keep your principal and protect your gains with a higher income strategy? That's why to tune in to the Total Financial Hour with host Eric Hallaby, Sundays at 11 a.m. Learn about your financial power on the Total Financial Hour, Sundays at 11 a.m. on AM870, The Answer. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the Total Financial Hour. Now higher income strategy. Learn from Arab Halabi. Hey, good morning. Welcome to the show. My name is Arif Halaby, the Total Financial Hour, sponsored by TFS Financial Insurance Services and Total Financial Solutions. Hey, thanks for being there. Uh, as a listener, listen, we appreciate you. Every week at this time, we talk about your family's finances, helping you get out of debt, manage money, planning for your future and your retirement. Uh, while you're in retirement, during retirement, there are things that you need to know about your accounts. Uh, some things that are not in the best interest of, in some cases, of course, the people that are advising you. Now, listen, you've heard me say before to always think twice about your account. In other words, think twice about what you're going to do with your money. Think twice about how long you're going to live. In fact, I'll give you an example of somebody I've spoken to recently who had great longevity. Her aunts, her mom, her dad, uh, her Siblings all have lived into their 90s or are super healthy and will live into their 90s. And so she's retiring in her early 60s. That just means that we have to consider that we're going to have about 30 years because medical advances generally over time get better. And up until there's a, you know, a couple of recent studies, but generally speaking, people are living longer every single year, every five years, every 10 years, every time they do a study or there is a new demographic research, they'll always pop up and say, well, people are living eight months longer, 10 months longer. It isn't so much how long you're living. It's the quality of life, right? I mean, it's both, of course, I think, but it's also the quality of life, meaning we know today that you shouldn't be smoking. It, it's funny to me when they talk about all this vaping con uh, controversy last week for the kids. Oh, vaping, these companies are advertising to kids. Okay. Let me pick any child, any young person, any 12-year-old, gosh, today probably any six-year-old out of a crowd and say, do you think smoking is good for you? No. Are you going to smoke because there's a cartooned camel walking around with a cigarette in his mouth? No. It has nothing to do with the advertising today, right? Because it used to be that the only place you received your advertising information was from the television, because most people didn't get newspapers. It was only the, well, the business people, the, uh, the, the men of the household, maybe the ladies read a newspaper, but most young people did. So where would they, television. Today, who gets the information out of, uh, to, to a youth? It's the internet. So now all of a sudden, you have a colander, so to speak, a strainer of approach of information instead of a funnel, right? It used to be, that the tip of that funnel was controlled by the left-wing media for a long time, certainly the last 30 years. And then all of a sudden, a strainer comes out, and their only way to plug all of those information, all of the data, all of the, the pieces that are leaking out is to 
uh, label them bad, racist, bigot, homophobe, right? They, they throw all of these words out that used to be pretty evil because if it was a word that was said that was coming out of the bottom of that funnel, if Walter Cronkite said it, if Dan Rather said it, and they were the gatekeepers of that funnel, and all of a sudden, when it comes out the bottom, right, we said, wow, that must be. If that is a racist, if that is a bigoted, if that is a, and, and any inference, right, they may not use that word, but they'll, they'll talk about their disappointment in American values, and they'll label you something, and maybe rightfully so. But as they did that, what, what took place in the past was that information was controlled and the powers that be could decide what you hear. Well, hello, Prager University, right? Prager U is all of a sudden one of those colanders, one of the holes in a strainer that suddenly releases data and information at such a wild rate, billions, two billion views, at such a wild rate that they can't understand how they plug this and then Breitbart comes out the other side and then National Review and then, uh, listen, anything that is not today far left-wing, like progressive, they consider you a traitor, a bigot, an anti-whatever. So I, I need you to know this because the information that that you receive, sometimes even from our brokers, sometimes even from our financial professionals, can be riddled with biases or judgments that lead one way or the other. Let's keep it really simple and easy to understand. Number one, you've made your money. If you think you're going to double it or even get a 50% increase while you're in retirement and you're taking money out, you're just wrong. If you think you're going to earn 10 and 12% rates of return every single year or average 10 or 12% return because you have this amazing stock picking uh, you know, crystal ball or your broker. Really? Uh, listen, everybody gets lucky. Everybody has a pretty good year. We had some accounts this year that hit 10s and some that hit 15s. Wonderful. But what do we expect as a reasonable gain? Somewhere between three and six. That's the average. Now that means some years you're going to earn zero. Some two, some five, some 10, some 12, some two, some zero. It's the average we're talking about. And I think the average is going to be between three and six. That's just the number that historically we can support as a realistic expectation. Over time, that's about what you can expect on average. Why? Because anybody that says that you should put your money in a place where you have risk associated with it, in my opinion, is expecting you to be able to go back to work sometime soon, right? I get it. You're going to live 25 or 30 years. You're going to be tapping into this money for 25 or 30 years. You're going to want to keep up with inflation for 25 or 30 years. But imagine if 15 years from now, you lose half of your money. You want to go back to work now? Of course not. How about 15 years from now? Probably way less, right? You're going to say, well... I'll just I'll just stay working. It's the reason a lot of folks are working a little longer. There's a social aspect. There's a, a purpose and a need and a surround the grandchildren or teenagers, they don't need you as much. There's a reason to be out and about and to be around adults and not your four walls and you know, Marcus Welby MD and, and the other things that are on TV, Matlock, right? We we try to pressure lock, no, no, whammy. No, that's not the same shows. 
the goal is to be around adults. It's to be around people. And sometimes if you can't do it through a volunteer group, if you're not doing it through the ability to to join or to, to share your efforts with others, mentoring, tutoring, then work part-time at least. Keep money coming in. Have something fun to do. Stay involved with the community. I like those things. I have no problem with that. What I don't want you to do is to have this ability to think that in the next 25 or 30 years, you need to take such an, an enormous risk with your money. Listen, maybe you want to keep half of it safe. That's okay. That's a good number. Maybe it's a third. Maybe it's two-thirds. Right? Maybe you want to have some of it away from the market going up and down. That's up to you. But I don't want you to think that by putting it in, well, the same broker puts it in this account and that account. Do you pay a fee? Yeah, well, then you're probably in the wrong account. And anybody that tells you that you have to have an income rider that charges a fee with your fixed annuity or fixed index annuity, in my opinion, is incorrect. You don't have to. It may be right for some of you, but you can count on two hands in 23 years and thousands of people that we've done it because the situation has to be just right. There are other sources of income that don't require you to have to pay a fee. Listen, we have heard other brokers and financial professionals come across and say you have to have... It's not true, guys. It just doesn't... It's just not accurate. So keep in mind that if that's the case, that you have to say, okay, am I going to pay fees? Well, sure. Okay, and then what are you getting for it? You better be having something given back to you in return that's pretty amazing. I'm all right with paying for things that I enjoy, that I like, that are worth it. No problem. But if you're concerned about that, you give us a call, 888-99-RETIRE. That's 888-997-3847, 888-99-RETIRE. I'm going to give you a couple of little tips and tricks, some things to watch out for. When you are paying fees, we've had clients come to us and they'll say, Eric, I'm paying $65 a year and I have a 7% guarantee. I said, not true. Well, you don't understand my, my uh, broker. I said, doesn't exist. Well, I know, Arif, but mine is different. Okay, listen, I can tell you a different way. It is not true. Well, then what is it? So they come into our office. We dial the phone number on the statement. It's not that difficult, right? We just dial 1-800-whatever. And company, the person gets on the phone. And then we go through a series of questions. Simple, no judgment, no opinion, just series of questions. And then we have a calculator and we do the math. That's it. In fact, sometimes on the phone, they help us with the math so that it's their, their calculator telling you. And we had a, an amazing experience. A lady came to us and said, you know, Arif, I have an account and I, I get 7% per year. Guaranteed it doesn't go backwards, similar to what you said. And I pay $85 a year. I said, that's not true. Well, yeah, but it's different. Okay, good. Come on in. So mm-hmm. she comes in. We take a look. We make a phone call. And they said, oh, yes, it looks like there's a da, da, da. Oh, wait, that annual fee, we actually waive it. And she smiled. She went, how many? It's 1.2. What about the admin admin fee? That's 0.25. And the sub account, that's 0.9. And the... Or, or or 1%, and then the writer charges were 0.9, and this, 
by the time we were done, the fees that were associated with that account wasn't $85 or $65 per year or whatever she might have thought. No, no, no. It was $1,420 per month. Per month, you guys. They said, well, she has more than 200000 so of course we're going to waive it. You go, yeah, but you didn't waive the other fees. Listen, I don't know if your broker is receiving those fees or not. It, that doesn't matter to me. It's not my, it's not my place to, to judge that. My concern isn't so much how much he or she is making. I don't care. I care about how much is leaving your pocket. Right? I don't care where it goes. If they tell you it's for kids in Africa, that's great. As long as you're willing to spend that money and for kids in Africa, do it. I don't care. But don't tell me that the only thing that was communicated to you is the 65 or $75 a year fee. I think you have to look at it and say, is this what I want? Because that's all we do. I don't, I don't make a judgment. I say, okay, here's what you're paying. Do you like the fees? Do you like the risk? No, no. Would you like us to show you some options? Yes. Okay, great. Here are some choices. And then you decide. Because your family's finances are not about taking big risks for most of you when you're retired. Why? Because this is not the time to do it. You cannot go back and go to a place where you say, all right, here I am, ready to retire. I'm ready to be in this place. And I just lost half my money. Right? Your family's finances are much bigger than that because you have to come up with some choices. You have to come up with some plans. And I think this is important because when you retire and you have a workplace retirement plan, you have a few choices. You have some things, some options that you can do with those money, those dollars. Very simple. Let's make it clear. You can leave it there. Now, if you are between the ages of 55 and 60 and you want to withdraw money from that account, under current law, you can do so without a penalty, that 10% penalty. Now, listen, if you haven't paid taxes on this money, you will still pay taxes. Don't confuse fees or penalties to the IRS as the same as taxes, income taxes. They're not the same, right? You might have income taxes if it's a 401k, a traditional 401k, but you may not have a fee if you're between 55 and 62 years old or 59 and a half, depending on on uh, the type of plan and what you're doing. But right, that, that last five years or so, you are allowed to take this money out to live on. Now, if you transfer it into an IRA, a traditional IRA, then you might pay a 10% penalty if you take it out prior to age 59 and a half. Now, there is a way to take money from your retirement accounts and not, not pay that penalty. Right? You can retire at 48 and pull money from your IRAs, 401ks, without paying the penalty. It's called a rule of 72T. 72, the number 72T is in Tom. Okay, so write that down if you want to access your retirement accounts prior to 59 and a half years old. Now, if you are older, then it doesn't matter. Don't even worry about it. But the government kind of gives you this little setup to say, we're going to be doing that. We have some plans. We have some rules. You have to take substantially equal payments. It just means you have to spread it out. And there's a formula. You have to get the formula right. And if you tell your, your profession, financial professional or the company you work with, I want a 72T these dollars, they'll say, okay, here's how much per month, per year. And you could say, yes, I could live on it or no, I can't. If the answer is yes, I can live on it, great. 
If the answer is no, I can't, well, then maybe that's not the right choice for you. Okay, that's important because you don't want to end up paying a penalty to the IRS for no reason. It, it isn't as if you are, well, I don't know, you're 57 years old. You're going to live another 40 years possibly. Longer than you've probably been working professionally, you're going to live. So the funds have to be there for a very long time. So please be careful with that risk. So you can leave it there. What else can you do? Well, first of all, you have to understand, if you have a 401k loan, if you have a loan against that, and you're leaving the company voluntarily or otherwise, you got to pay it. Many people forget that if you have a loan that's outstanding, it has to be paid. So if you are leaving a company, they usually give you a little bit of time. Hey, I'm going to make a payment. So you might make one or two or three payments, no problem. And you say, what if I make it a payment? And then in January, right? So you make a payment. January comes and you say, I'm not going to pay it anymore. You're going to check with your CPA or your tax advisor and say, what happens? Do I end up still paying that 10% penalty? Well, you could. Depends on your age. Depends on what you're doing. But at least you might be able to push it into the next calendar year when your income might be less. So check with your professional, your financial professional. Check with your CPA. Sometimes, especially in the case of layoffs, employers will take it upon themselves to initiate a change in the plan to make available post-employment repayment. Which means this. If you keep making regular payments as an ex-employee, just as you're doing as an employee then the loan that you're paying uh, and you're repaying the loan, it doesn't trigger any penalties or even count as income. So you might continue to do that for a while and then say, maybe one day you can't. Okay. If you're going to roll it over, you're going to transfer the funds from a 401k or your company plan into a traditional IRA. Okay, no problem. The loan is probably due. Probably due in full. So be very careful if you're going, that, that may not be the choice. You might have to wait. Now, one of the challenges of leaving it at your current employer is this. You get to the place where the employer, usually it's towards the end of the year, but I've seen it happen at various times of the year, where they say, we're going to have a break, uh, a blackout period. Like what? Yeah, a blackout period. Three weeks, six weeks, where there's nothing you can do. You can't uh, do a withdrawal. You cannot uh, move your investment choices around. You cannot take and say, I'm going to put it over here or put it over there. You cannot. You cannot get into the market. You can't get out. So if you're afraid that it's dropping quickly or that it's rising quickly and you want to make a move and you cannot do that, why? Because they are reconciling everything and it's called a blackout period. So if your retirement account is still at your company and you are not there, then you are subject to that same blackout rules without the benefit of getting a company match. So if you needed the money during the middle of that and it was in a traditional IRA, no problem. You can do that. But if you needed the money and it was in a blackout period and it's in the company 401k, you can't do it. Okay, now, what if you got a job at a new company? Why would you do that? Why would you move it from one company to the other? Well, specifically, I like the idea, especially to have at least $100,000 there. If you're somebody that says, you know what, I'm gonna, I may need this to borrow from, 
from someday. I may need $50,000. Because if you didn't borrow before and you're going to roll over some money into your company retirement account, right? it's a brand new one you just started. It's a zero balance you just started putting in. So if you ever have to access it, if you're short on emergency cash, and it being short on emergency cash meaning, means you're going to tap your retirement account for that, well, then you need to have some money in that account to tap, right? So you can borrow 50% half up to $100,000. So $100,000, 50% is $50,000. What if you have 60000 You can only borrow thirty. What if you have ten? You could only borrow five. What if you have three hundred thousand? You could only borrow fifty. So the benefit leaves right at around a hundred thousand dollars. So make sure that if it's a move that you think you need to make, or if it's an idea that you want to have, I'm going to put some money into this account. I'm going to do no problem. Just make sure that you meet with your tax professional, your financial professional, and you say, "Hey, I'm going from company A to company B." I need to move over at least $100,000 because you can do a partial. You can do a partial rollover. You say, I have 400000 in my retirement account. I'm going to move 100 over to the new plan, and I'm going to take 300 and put it into my own traditional IRA. And I'm going to do one of those accounts that Arif talks about, the fixed indexed accounts or fixed indexed annuities, where we put them in, we get some protection. We're not going to go backwards as long as we... Don't take out more than 10% a year. You're never going to pay a fee with us. There's no monthly fee or quarterly fee. But Arif, how do you guys get paid? (laughs) Very simple. Nice question. We are paid by the profits of the insurance company, right? Look, there are guys like us who choose in the sense that, that they're financial professionals that choose to charge you a fee in your financial products. We don't. That's not my business model. It's not what we do. So I don't know if they get paid twice. I don't know if they get paid on the front end, in the back end, or if they get paid with you knowing and without you knowing. I don't know that. But I do know that the accounts that we work with are very simple. The company is going to make more than they give you. So you will earn between 0 and 10, maybe 0 and 12. You're not going to hit any home runs. If you think the market's going to do 20s or 30s, stay in it. But we will not get you those kinds of returns. The trade-off is this. You're never going to go below zero. So it isn't so much this, you know, uh, Nirvana place. There's some catches. There's a couple of them. The cap is one of those. And you can pull out 10% per year, any more than that, and you pay a penalty. Most of the time, you have to wait one year before you can pull out 10%. So would I put everything in any one company or in any one product all the time? Never. You decide how much you want for safety, how much you need for an emergency account, how much you want for risk. What I don't like is when any kind of financial professional puts everything in risk, and just because they call it something like bond or stock or equity or, or balanced, they're all at risk. If I can put in a dollar and tomorrow it can be worth less than $1, I don't like that. So our goal is safety. It's protection of principle. It's getting reasonable gains. It's slow and steady wins the race. We're not going to make you rich, but we'll keep you from going broke and get you guaranteed, secure, reasonable rate of returns and, and uh, income for the rest of your life. And the rate of return might be a one, but it's something because I don't want you to lose because it can be scary out there when this is for your retirement. 
If your new company retirement plan, guys, has some choices, some options that you want, no problem. Knock it out of the park. If you want some or part of that moved over into a safer place, that's what we do. But do your homework. Look, you can't generalize any retirement plan. Look at their fees. Look at their risk. And ask them, once I move this in, can I also at a later date move it out? Or am I stuck there? And that might help make your decision, right? Maybe you'll have a question or maybe that won't be the uh, something that's important, but it, I do want you to ask it, right? When we come back, we're going to continue with your financial life. Listen, your family's important. You should be working for them, not your broker and not the government, but you and your family. Stay with me as we come right back. The total financial hour on AM870, the answer, it's 888-99-RETIRE. That's 888-997-3847. Come right back. The total financial hour on AM870, the answer. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now higher income strategy. Hey guys, that's me, Arif Halloumi. Thanks for being with me. 888-99-RETIRE. That's 888-997-3847. Welcome to the Total Financial Show, Total Financial Hour. I'm Arif Halloumi on AM870, The Answer. Thanks for being with us. Look, in, in the last 23, not 23 and a half, still, still between 23 and 23 and a half years of doing this kind of business and, and talking to you for the last 15, we've had to make a decision over the years and say, you know, what is it that's the most common theme? Right? Where is it that I can add, I hope, the most wisdom or experience and maybe lead, if you will, an opportunity for you to think twice? Not because you should question yourself. I don't, I don't think that. I just think you should actually have a chance to learn from somebody because retirement isn't something that you do over and over and over again. For a lot of people, most, retirement is something you do once. And you can't go back and say, oh, got it. Okay, so now I know what I did when I was 38. I'm 59. I'm going to go back. I'm going to fix it so that the rest, you can't do that. So how do you get to a place so you can learn from kind of a scary minefield, if you will, uh, place? Well, let me go through this. Here's some things that I want you to consider when you are going to retire or when you are retired. Because your mental health, believe it or not, in my opinion, is one of the most important things that you have to to be aware of. Be self-aware. Take a look at how often you stay within the four walls of your home. Take a look at how often you're in the same clothes all day long. What used to be maybe a, a rainy Sunday morning or Saturday morning after church or before church, and you would just sit in your house coat or your pajamas all day long, and you just would hang out and wouldn't do a whole lot, right? Maybe coffee, watch some shows, that's now become seven days a week, or if not seven, maybe six or five. But anything more than one or two, just a, a day or two of laziness, and your mental health, your physical health, your muscles, your, boi- your, your bones, your joints, all of those things really start to take a negative toll, and it happens rapidly. In other words, you've seen atrophy, right? How many of you have been in the hospital for something, and you, you get up and you look how skinny your legs are as your body's been pulling uh, muscle and proteins and, and trying to, to digest and, and live, right? These things happen quickly. 
So I need you, if, you're, if you are in retirement, considering retirement, it is not a dead-end road. It's not a cul-de-sac where now you just kind of circle and go in circles until you wait to pass away. It's just a different road. You might go from a four-lane highway to a two-lane highway, but you're still on the highway. You're still on a road. So you don't have to go as fast. You don't have to be as, as uh, uh, attentive to the people around you, your coworkers. You don't care. You, you kind of have your own thing. You have your own schedule. You're going to get off. You're going to get back on. You're going to do something. You're going to get off. So one of the things I want you to consider when you retire is, ready for this? Get a job. Like, what? No, no. You've heard me talk to somebody uh, or, or talk to you about somebody who, who was a client of ours, worked for many years as an engineer with an aerospace company, great career, great retirement account, you know, his, his retirement accounts and his pension. And he just decided to become an artist. I don't know if he's going to ever be a famous artist, but his paintings are pretty darn cool. I, I bought a couple physically. thought it was a good idea to spend my money on I thought it was a great work. And I put them up in my offices. And what does he do every day now? Every day he works as a one-on-one with mentally challenged young people at high school. And he helps carry their books, helps take notes, sits with them. Now, I don't know if it's minimum wage or slightly above, but I can promise you this. It's not engineer at a defense contractor wage. You go, wait, what is it? Yes, that's the same human being, guys. So consider this for a minute. What is it you've always wanted to do? What is it that you would have done had you not been married? Right? My mom was married at 18 years old. She had a chance to go to the Air Force and play. Uh, She actually played French horn. And she had a chance to do that as part of what she was going to do with her life. And she met my dad and instead, of course, married him. But a lot of you have other careers or choices or educational aspirations that you wanted to do, but you just didn't do for whatever reason. Consider that as an opportunity. Consider now the time. Now, what about volunteering? Whatever your field is, you don't always have to be paid. For example, (laughs) this particular gentleman was was, uh, kind of chastised for not cashing his checks because they said, uh, you know, you're going to have to cash your checks here. This is getting a little old. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. I forgot about that. So it's messing with our accounting system. Well, he didn't need the funds, so it wasn't something he was even paying attention to. I thought that was fascinating because how many of us, I know when I was young, especially when I was young, trying to save money to buy a house and all the stuff that I was trying to save money for, man, if a check was in and it was a day off, I went and picked it up, drove across town, went back, deposited it right before direct deposit was the thing. But volunteering from mentoring children to helping a small business on a project. Maybe your skill set is as a CEO of a small or a big company. Maybe you have an expertise in a particular field. Great. There's wisdom there that goes beyond your years. And that's something that young people can listen to. So don't just think about getting a job where it's pay. Maybe you don't need it. It'd be nice if you had extra money, of course. Maybe you just donate the money. There's all sorts of things you can do. Well, I have a friend of mine who retired, and that was the first time she picked up a golf club. First time. She never even touched a golf club before that. Her husband would golf now and again, but she, no. Well, then she retired. 
And surprise, she's actually pretty darn good at it. I, I thought that was fascinating because how many times do they say, well, I'm going to start my kid golfing at four years old or three years old. Well, that's nice. I don't know what the chance of your child being a Tiger Woods is. Probably one in a million or one in a 10 million or something. But being reasonably good at it and having fun and enjoying it and the social aspect. And ready for this? It gets you out of those four walls. Take a look at your calendar. And if in your schedule, whether you use the phone or the paper calendar, whatever you use today, and see if all you have in there are hair appointments, doctor visits, physical therapy, pharmacy pickups, if that's it, guys, you have to make a change. You, you become bitter and angry and not pleasant. Just, just uh, this week, somebody had come to me and said, you know, I'm working with my uh, stepmom who's married my dad and, and she's just not a nice person. I said, well, what do you mean? She said, all they do is complain about their ailments. I said, wow. Are they helping you? No. They don't help out financially at all. They have, they have uh, kids that have challenges. So here is a lady that works full-time. The husband and the new wife, been married for quite some time, have more money than they know what to do with, and all they do is complain and whine about it, something hurting or some problem somewhere in their body. And you thought, wow, if you just got up and moved a little bit more, right? Our joints are designed to be used. Leave a, a, a Ferrari or, or Corvette or Porsche, leave it in your driveway and do nothing to it for six months and then come back and see how it runs, right? That's a fine oiled machine and yet it's still meant to be driven and run. So you're no different. You have to move, you have to get up, you have to get out. And how about a hobby, right? We've talked about this. Guys, I want you to get out. I don't care if it's photography, if it's painting. Some of you remember an artist. Her name was Marty Bell. One of my favorite people. I loved her. Very sweet disposition. She's passed away now. What a sweet lady and a very, very good artist. In fact, I have a couple of her paintings. Loved it. And I talked, I think she was in her 60s when I knew her. I met her just a few years before she passed away, and she said something kind of interesting. Uh, we were at her home, and they, she had a lot of neat artwork and paintings everywhere, just small and medium and, you know, cottages and people and just everything. It just seems like there wasn't anything she couldn't paint. And I said, uh, I said, wow, and there was a large one in her foyer, I don't know, maybe 15 feet tall or something. I said, wow, how long did it take you to paint that? And she looked at me, and she smiled, and she said, 30 years. I said, huh? Right? He thought, wow, that's a long time. And I knew that the, the image, the painting, was of, a, of her granddaughter who wasn't 30 years old yet. So when that painting was taken or, or done, and I thought, oh, I see what she's saying. Whether it took her two hours or 10 hours or, five, or 20 hours, it wouldn't take me the same 20 hours. Right? The reason that it would take her 20 hours, I don't know if that's the right number, but, but just so you know, right? The reason it would take her 20 hours is because she has 30 years behind it. So yes, each hour, in fact, each paint stroke that she used was way more valuable than my paint stroke, right? Because I, 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 I've never painted, so I don't know the first thing about it. So sometimes your hobbies can turn into a career 
because you have a foundation that goes on forever, right? 10 years, 20 years. Oh, I just did it in my basement. Oh, I just um, uh, been working with it in, in the, uh, you know, for charity events. So I think you have to look at that as an opportunity to say, wow, because Marty Bell was, she was probably in her mid thirties or something. If I remember right, 36, for some reason that, that number comes to mind when she really decided to do this as a profession and a very successful one, right? I think she's the, the inspiration behind somebody like Thomas Kincaid and his beautiful artwork as well. So I don't know what your skill set, photography, music. Uh, today, my goodness, on the computer, you can do all sorts of things. All right, so consider that a hobby. I want you to have something structure, right? What you were good at was so important. Because whether you start a full-time business or you take your hobby and turn it into a business that is completely different, you have wisdom and discipline that in most cases is just happens. It happens because you are somebody who, believe it or not, has lived 40, 50, 60 years on this earth with a career who, has, who have really been respected. Now, it might be something completely different. You might go from engineer at NASA to I'm now going to run a bar in in Key West. No problem. Take that life experience. Take that wisdom. Take that that judgment that you've built. Right? They can be something completely different. It doesn't have to be in the same field. Perhaps you've always wanted that idea for a product. Maybe you were an inventor. Have you ever thought for just a minute, is there a way to not have the pressure on a business. I'll give you an example. Our job is strategic, if you will. It's, it's to give systematic income. It's to protect your principal. Turn on the income as you need it. So imagine if your food, shelter, clothing comes from your money, your savings, your Social Security, your pension, your retirement accounts. If that pays for your lifestyle because you've worked with us or somebody like us, and yet on the other side of it, you can now start a business and not worry about your food, shelter, clothing. Right? That is now covered. So your ability to go out and to start a business without that extra pressure where the judgments might be clouded to make a quick buck to pay your, your rent this month, you can start looking back a little bit and go, huh, I think I could actually, I could actually probably do this. Right? That's the most exciting thing to me where your food, shelter, clothing, so to speak, comes from a systematic, guarantee, non-crazy, up-down, jumping-up-and-down sort of income. Right? That would be exciting. Now, for a lot of you, it's travel. So imagine for a minute if you combine both. You combine travel with your favorite hobby. Maybe it's photography. Maybe it's painting. Maybe it's uh, uh, antiquing, import-export. And then when you return back home, you have your small business and you've created an opportunity to build things into what you're doing each and every day. And you've completed that circle where now your travel is a business write-off. Now your business, which handles your hobby, is actually a real business and you're making money on it. So now you have business write-offs. And you've transformed what you once did in your basement or in your back room or your spare bedroom. And you've trained... Now, all of a sudden, the conversation with your children and your grandchildren is pretty incredible because, unfortunately, grandchildren today have a lot more to do than hang out with grandma. 
you probably get until about the age of 8 or 9 or 10 and then starts to slow down. By 12, 14, they're done. I don't mean done with you, but done with the time commitment because they're going to be somewhere else. You're going to be doing something else. You're going to be doing something that in many cases don't ne- doesn't necessarily include you. Now, I think this is important because there are a lot of you who are helping to raise your grandchildren. Now, I want to share this with you because I think this is pretty important. I met with somebody uh, recently this week who, who's doing that. She's helping to raise her three grandchildren. Now, I think you need to understand something. I think there's a special place in heaven for those ladies and men. Some of you are men helping raise your grandchildren. I think whether there's um, the father is absent or the mother is absent, whether they are uh, two incomes and they both have to work, and you are the stability, the stabilizing force, I think you're a pretty amazing person. Now, you might say, well, Eric, if it's my grandchildren, what else would I do? Oh, I can give you a list of people who, who sort of speak, abandon their grandchildren. I, I don't know if they're bad people or not. That's not where I'm going. What I'm saying is they're, they're folks that just aren't around. They've decided to not be, maybe it's the, for the best, I don't know, but to not be involved in their grandkids' life. So if you are this person who has chosen, maybe it chose you, I don't know, and you are that uh, who, whose idea, your idea of retirement, when you started working or maybe with the day you retired, you thought, that's it, Arif, I'm going to hit six of your top 10 ideas. And all of a sudden you find yourself making uh, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and you're, you're sending your grandkids off to school and you're picking them up and you have dental office visits and man, it's easier to go back to work, isn't it? I think you folks are amazing. I think you are because you're doing something that is impacting a generation, two, three, four generations from you. Right, look back at the lives of men and women who've made a difference in this country, and it is often the women who gave them a sense of security and stability that allowed them to go out and take chances to take risks. It is, it's the foundation. Right? I can come home and I just know. I remember walking home from school. I knew my dad cared for us more than anything. I knew he provided for us. When I saw my dad, there was a sense of everything was going to be okay. But when I would walk home from school, he was not home, right? Because he doesn't get home till later. And I would come up the grass and walk around up the driveway. And our front door was always open. And my mom was sitting in the chair right on that, on that front door. And she'd be reading a book. And I would see her sometimes before she saw me as I'm walking up the driveway. And she puts the book down. And she gets up and greets me. Now, that is something that lasts forever. Are you hungry? Of course, Mom. <laughs> I'm 10. I'm starving. Right? We'd walk, I don't know, three blocks from the elementary school. But we were hungry. We were starving. Oh, yes, Mom. Okay, well, I don't want you to eat too much. You have any homework? Yes. Finish your homework. Right? That, oh, Mom, really? It was just safety. It was a place where you could go full speed ahead, look over your shoulder, and that lady, the mother, the grandmother, my grandparents were not in my life, but my mom was. So they, they just lived far away, right? They just had other things they were doing and it didn't include us. So, <laughs> But think about this. Taking your grandchildren on trips, on experiences, 
spending a weekend with just one of them, where they don't have to compete with their siblings or their other cousins. I think those things are important. And if you have that to look forward to, listen, sometimes you guys come to my office and you, you're exhausted. It's a Monday morning or something. And I, I look at you and go, wow, it was a tough weekend. <sighs> I had both kids all weekend. My gosh, I don't remember my kids being that rambunctious, right? And, and you just, you're just glad that it's over, but you wouldn't trade it for anything. So consider that. I don't want you to forget your value, even in retirement, is not just your money. That just makes things a little bit easier. All right, what about just taking a year off? Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever thought about just taking a year off if you like retirement? Maybe six months, I don't know, whatever you think until you get a decision. Listen, how hard or easy it might be, but our educators, they kind of get a little mini vacation, well, a big, big vacation, a little mini retirement maybe, every summer, right? Our educators, they're, they usually get a couple of months off. Now, they might teach summer school. They may have to go back a week or early to prepare their classrooms. I get it. It's not the same as kids, but it's a couple of months. That's why summer travel for teachers and summer camps for Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts and uh, aquatic you know, parks and centers. That's why teachers, adults, volunteer slash work, get paid. They might make five, six, seven thousand $7,000 during that summer. And then they go right back to work and work. So some of them choose to work for whatever reason. But the idea, guys, is your job may not give you two months off in a summer. So consider taking a leave of absence. What if that is the thing to do? See if you like it. And I want to caution you. If you're going to plan on moving, and so many of you are, I don't blame you. This state is wacky. Right? We have one political party that runs this entire state. You go to any city, any state where there's one political party, especially the far left today, and we don't even have like normal Democrats. We have the wackiest, right? Free this, free that. Well, it doesn't come free, buddy. You're not giving. You're not paying. At least President Trump doesn't take a paycheck. Every time he makes a decision on where he's going to donate his money, that should be big news. should be big news for other politicians to say, okay, well, you know what? I'm going to give a little bit more. And they don't. Why doesn't CNN or MSNBC say, oh, you know, President Trump this quarter is giving its money to boys and girls clubs or to the Boy Scouts or to wherever he's giving it? Scholarships for young kids in the inner city. That should be all over the news as an example, but instead they don't. Right? In your case, you might say, listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give, I'm going to donate. It may not hit the news, but maybe that's the thing to do. And if you're going to volunteer, if you're going to take some time off and you're going to, I want you to act as if. Right? I'm going to act as if. Uh, Budget-wise, act as if. If you're going to move to another community, act as if. Now, I'd prefer you rent from that other community, not buy. I don't want you to move to a city, buy on the wrong side of town, find out your doctors or your church or your friends or on the other side. And every day you got to travel, you know, six, seven miles across town when you could have purchased a home on that side. So you don't know unless it's an area you're quite familiar with. Rent. Rent for six months. Rent for a year. Decide where you want to settle, especially if, you know, you have two different sides of the, of the same puzzle, Right north and south or east and west. And some of you may even choose to just have two different lives. Right, we have a client, they have a home in Maui. 
and a home in, in uh, Southern California. They have a home in both places. What do they do? Well, in the summer, they're in one place. In the winter, they're in someplace else. Right? And over time, they started deciding they wanted to live full-time in Hawaii. So that's what they did. They sold their home here. They have a little condo here or, or a place to stay when they return. But mostly, and as they were getting older, I don't know. They, they used to come back three or four times a year. Now, maybe it's once a year. Right? Their family's still here, but most of their time is settled in another state. Why? Because it's what they decided to do. Now, they did it right because they bought a house there, but they didn't sell everything here because what if they didn't like it? What if the taxes weren't good? What if, what if the community, what if they didn't enjoy the, the weather? Right? Also, what if their doctors weren't, weren't good there and they needed some help and they had to travel 3,000 miles? You can see selling everything and, and cutting your ties and heading east or west or north, not always a good idea right off the bat unless you have experience. So I like that. Consider the RV rental. That is a great way to get around the country. We had another client retired from one of the defense uh, contracting company, sold everything, put very little in storage, and drove around this great country. His view of America solidified that we are in the best country on earth. And hearing his stories where it took two years to settle down was an amazing thing. Hey, guys, thanks for joining me. Thanks for being part of the program on the Total Financial Hour, TFS Financial Insurance Services. Give us a call at 888-99-RETIRE. That's 888-997-3847. The Total Financial Hour on AM870, The Answer. makes your money work for you. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.